nerds to comic book heroes uh this is rob van brunt and with me as always is ray gabriel this is issue number 10 how you doing buddy i am still a little shook up from the movie that we're gonna talk about tonight but uh, other than that i'm doing okay i'm hanging in there do you think it took us this long to do it just because it was so so bad i kind of needed i still i'm still processing it but i i needed to watch it and not, like a second time we got a lot to talk about with this thing yeah it is not good disappointingly so wonder woman 1984 is the topic of our movie on the show and it was directed by patty jenkins coming back for a second round um we released what christmas day on hbo yeah it was uh after many many delays it was finally released on hbo max for one month only on Christmas Day. Gal Gadot's back. Chris Pine, Pine. Somehow. I remember, you know what's so weird is that like, uh, what was the what was the original release date? Because I remember seeing like Wonder Woman 84 plastered on like Doritos for what felt like, like the summer. Yeah, I think it was supposed to come out in May or June. Um, yeah, I had all the pops before. I had um, the McFarlane action figures. So, I mean, they had, I had those well early into the summer. So I think that it was definitely planned. And after a point in time, they just decided to release it. I mean, there's it was a ton of merch beforehand. And it kept getting pushed back, obviously, because of the worldwide situation. So they had plenty of time to hang in the editing room to, like, you know, fine tune this thing. And this is what we got. Yeah. And to take out some of the really creepy aspects of this movie. Oh. Really Really creepy aspects. Before we get into all that, of course, we always like to talk about the nerdiest things that have happened to us recently. I'm going to go first and say I really don't have anything. I mean, I kind of like have just been doing like, I mean, some self-care stuff a little bit. I went out of town, got out of my, you know, my apartment for, for a weekend and like, you know, gotten, you know, just playing video games and like reading books and stuff. There hasn't really been anything nerdy except for, I mean, if we, I don't know if we talked about this because I can't. Remember, um, the last show, Batman Returns, was right before Christmas. So have we talked about Luke showing up? We did. I don't remember. It's been that long. Um, my, but my... it had, uh, I mean, it had, you know, MVP of 2020, Pedro Pascal on it. And then he just kind of, you know, doesn't stick the landing for Wonder Woman. Yeah. Yeah. That was like, that was like really like the last thing that like, um, that, that got my my nerd juice flowing was was that that last episode of mandalorian that show is fantastic um my nerdy things um wandavision just started last week so i'm th three episodes in and it is 
so different from what anything that they've done before. Um, I love how Marvel takes chances and it's a slow burn. So I know it's pissing off a lot of people because it's just not people beating the shit out of each other, Mm. but it is so much fun and it's so well done. Um, And the other nerdy thing, I mean, there's a ton of like Disney plus stuff that's coming out and we can cover that another time when there's more information. But the thing that I've been nerding out lately is the trailer for nobody. And I can't wait. It got delayed two months. I'm super bummed out. So you 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 text me about that, and that's the Bob Odenkirk thing, right? Yeah, it's the Bob Odenkirk uh, movie where it's kind of uh, he's a retired secret agent with a family and gets you know he has to go John Wick it up and mess up some bad guys, and that that trailer is outstanding. And I guess Bob Odenkirk did all the stuff on the on the side, and you know slimmed down, got himself to where he could do all his own stunts or most of his own stunts, and. So he looks fantastic. Hmm. So uh, and and he's just he's just great. I mean, you met him. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's yeah. He and he's like. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like. Uh, yeah, I did an author event with him. Um, he had a book that came out um, a few years ago called I think it was like What the Hooey or something like that. But uh, he's a really really great guy um, in in real life too. Um, I like him a lot. He's he's cool. Yeah, he's one of those guys that you really want to see succeed just because he seems like a decent dude. Um, and then that goes for like Pedro Pascal and, and Gal Gadot and, and, and Kristen Wiig. I won't say anything about Chris Pine, but, um, <laughs> but you know, these are all people that I wanted to like. I mean, I remember from the, the last one, the last episode, where we were just so psyched for this movie. It could right. do no wrong. Right. Yes. Really just thrilled. And I will say that, I mean, just up front, that this movie like like so many nowadays um it it cuts a mean trailer oh yeah but that's all like was all the hot shit was in the trailer yeah Yeah. i mean there's really uh, and where do where do you want to start with this well i mean i guess we could talk about the plot but the plot is fucking what magic a magic rock and and wishes and shit and like that's pretty much it yeah, and I mean, that Maxwell Lord that Pedro Pascal played is nothing. I mean, there's basically two versions of Max Lord in the comics. There's the Justice League version where he's a misguided good guy. And he has some some powers that he can influence people to do stuff. And then ar- around the, the bend, he goes bad and kills the Blue Beetle. And then Wonder Woman kills him because she really liked the Blue Beetle. Um and then that's how she became a wonder or he became a wonder woman villain. Yeah, man, I don't, I don't even know where to begin with this thing because it just, it's so jarringly simple and so odd in how bloated it feels and everything just feels off the entire time. Well, I would agree on most of that. There, there are a lot of, there's a lot of good stuff in the movie. I mean, the movie is like, spotless i mean it is so bright and colorful and i love that about it and the set pieces for what few ones they were at least the the couple the the beginning one at the mall and the truck chase in the middle i thought they were beautiful looking Mm -hmm. but the rest of it it's just i i don't know how they could squander so much goodwill i mean i still love gal gadot she's she's great in it 
Kristen Wiig was completely wasted. She was fantastic. And she just got, she was just like kind of shunted to the side. And I was like, I was so upset because I want to see so much more of her because she was actually really fun. Yeah. And I think that this is kind of weird. I mean, let's talk about the cast because like it does like on paper, it looks great. Patty Jenkins is coming back. And I mean, I think, I think that that first movie is just, it's pretty much, it's so uplifting and so it's got such a positive energy to it. And I remember seeing um, early kind of word coming in about how this movie was sort of like delightfully like naive and like oddly optimistic and kind of that it felt like a, I think I texted you 20 minutes into it being like, is this movie directed by Richard Lester? Cause it totally felt like it was capturing the early Superman kind of like Superman three vibes specifically. And I was like, all on board with if they're going to go for that if they're going to go in that way and call it 1984 make it be like a superhero movie that was made in 1984 that's a rad way to go i'm down with that and the cast looks great you've got kristen wig who of course is just phenomenal i'm a huge got a huge crush on her forever and pedro pascal you know um he's just hot shit right now and chris pine was this kind of I, I feel like the 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 real MVP of that first movie is the chemistry that that Godot and Pine have like they they really work well together so figure out a way to bring him back I was excited about but it just just like a house of cards man yeah I I had a lot of like fundamental problems with a lot of this movie uh, it's it I mean it's you're, you're absolutely right all the pieces were there it was written by Jeff Johns and Patty Jenkins I mean Jeff Johns has a spotty uh, career for screenwriting, but I mean, this should have been a slam dunk and it should have been like totally uplifting, but it was, had so many things wrong with it. It's oddly gross. It's an oddly gross movie. <laughs> well, let, uh, let's get this out of the way then. Let's talk about the oddly gross part. At least my, I, I think we're on the same page of what is very disturbing. The way that they bring Trevor back. Yeah. I mean, Wonder Woman, Diana, she makes a wish and Steve takes over another man's body and then they immediately have sex. Yeah. And that is not something Wonder Woman would do. I mean, I could see her wishing for Steve to come back, but I could see maybe if it was the other way where he was being aggressive towards her, but it's not in her character to let that happen if she even had an inkling which she did all through. She knew what was going on. Oh, totally. She yeah. Basically raped Steve Trevor or some guy who was had the soul of Steve Trevor. That's the problem that I have with it too, is that like, I mean, they could have easily just, you know, so she makes a wish. He could have just shown up. Yeah. That would there's be there's no reason. I mean, they did so much more. I mean, fucking Barbara Minerva turns into a cat woman. Yeah. But then, you know, they also add on top of that, it's like when he looks in the mirror, he's that guy, but she only sees him as Steve. And that's fucking weird, man. Yeah. They, that, and they have that moment at the end of the movie where he's just like, what's going on? And, and, and like, you know, you just had sex with Wonder Woman, which might sound great to some people, but you were also had, you know, kind of violated, but without your consent. So not great. Yeah. Not great. Totally. And like having sex with Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman sounds great, but you don't remember it. <laughs> you know, yeah like that's uh god talk about a con um, it, it it is it is wrong in so many ways if it was you know uh superman wishing for lois lane to come back to life and he took over or she took over the body of somebody else and he slept with her you that movie would not be made i feel like just, 
yes, if 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 the genders were reversed, I'm I mean, yes, it would be just like wildfire on the internet. Somehow it's not really like people aren't going crazy about this, but I think it's like really, really disturbing and, and bizarre. Yeah, I, I've seen some stuff about it, like people who who have noticed it. Some people just think think it's like fun wish fulfillment and all that and and great, good for you, but really it is unpleasant it could have you know he could have just like you know as soon as she makes that wish and her hair blows or whatever he could have easily just like stepped into like whatever that that dinner party was in his like world war one outfit and it would have been totally fine see 100 percent better just you know guy out of time snatched before he died um in the plane he could have just said you know last thing i remember is this uh, I was about to, I was flying this plane and everything was locked on fire. And then I'm here. What happened? And the only way she can save things is that he goes back. Oh yeah. That would have been, yeah, there you go. Been like holding his gun. It could have been like an awkward, I got to get you out of here scene. That could have been really, really fun and playful. Yeah. And then there wouldn't have been the terrible man right in there. No, I know. Yeah. Definitely an odd tone pretty early on. I, I mean, I gotta say they, when they released that, that, you know, the two minute, opening on youtube and i watched that that stuff you know i thought that's i was into it i was so excited i know that i mean the whole stuff at the the, the amazon uh, event the olympics whatever they were doing at the beginning the the tournament um that was fantastic that was so much fun she learned you know little diana learned a lesson and we got to see a bunch of people that never show up again in the movie all the amazons that are in it I would have rather have stuck around with them for a while because mm. they were a hundred percent more interesting. I mean, Robin Wright's character um, and her name escapes me in the movie, but um, I mean, she is like way better than anything else that was in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I don't, so this is the first one, Wonder Woman movie that we've talked about. And I mean, in the comics, like I don't really have, like, I know that a lot of people point to um, the George Perez stuff and the Phil Jimenez stuff. Um, and I guess even the Azzarello stuff got pretty favorable reviews when that was happening. But I've never, I don't, I can't think of like any really, like Wonder Woman's always been like, like a, like a, like a great icon of Americana, like a sort of like a female flip side to Superman. But I can't think of like any, any actual book that I'm like, okay, that's the Wonder Woman story that I got to hand you. Like if you're interested in Wonder Woman, this is what you got to read. Yeah, for the most part, she doesn't really seem to attract top writers. There's a couple like Azzarello and Gail Simone and Grant Morrison has his run of um, Earth One uh, books. But overall, I mean, she doesn't have a lot of good writers on her book. I mean, they. I want to like her book. You know, she's attracted plenty of like amazing illustrators, I think, over the years. Oh, yeah. She's had, you know, she Perez and Jimenez, like you said, and... and um, she had, uh, oh gosh, I mean, tell what a time for the to, to blank, but she's had some really great, I mean, I think it was um, Cliff Chang um, who did part of Azarello's run. She, he had, or she had David Finch on the book hmm. um, who co-wrote it. I don't know if it was any good, but if you like David Finch, there you go. It's probably looks pretty hot. Um, but it's interesting. I could, She's always been kind of like, you know, like lumped in, like there's, they call them the Trinity of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. So she, she's always been kind of like, just like culturally on that tier next to those characters. 
as like DC's like premier flagship, the top three. But, you know, I mean, it took, I mean, what? Wonder Woman was like, that was like the first, that was the first live action Wonder Woman movie, you know? Like in 2000, what was that? 2016, 17? Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so bizarre that she hadn't been represented in like in that way. I mean, there was, of course, the Leonard Carter TV show in in the 70s, which as a young boy growing up in the 80s, I was fully invested in. (laughs) Um, <laughs> I think we all were. I think we all were. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, and we could. There's a little throwback to that for, in the movie too. But uh, yeah, yeah. We, it just feels like um. It feels like a. It's. It, I was surprised to go to go back and and see that the um the story for the first movie was actually a Zack Snyder's story, and that this one had he had no involvement, maybe a production credit or producer credit or something like that. But this is a cat, a Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns story and script. Yeah. And it's, it's not good. I mean, you could shave 20 minutes off this movie and still be kind of bloated. Yeah. And that's it, just so disappointing considering how good she is. I mean, when you see her in Batman versus Superman, which is mostly a visually exciting, but dumb as fuck movie. Mm-hmm. Um, she is definitely the high point of that whole thing. In Justice League, she's the high point. And her movie is the best of all the DC movies. For sure. The modern ones. Totally. Yeah. It's such a crazy sophomore slump. I cannot believe it. I, um, you know, I, I watched it and I halfway through, it was kind of like just like, it started off pretty strong and then you just slowly watch it fall apart and you're watching these performances and like, I like Pedro Pascal. I've only seen him in Mandalorian and like, maybe, I don't know, like a, I can't like, what was he in Narcos? Um, yeah, he was great on Narcos. I mean, he's a, he, that dude can do no wrong except for maybe Wonder Woman at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's not even his fault. I mean, he was given what he's given. He's, I mean, the, tried to make him a little bit of Maxwell Lord, a little bit of Donald Trump, a little bit of, uh, what is it? The, 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 the motivational speaker guy. Oh. Uh, he was a combination of all those things, but it was not even comic book. Similar. There was no comic book similarity. I mean, it just, it was just, they could have called him anything and not Maxwell Lord. Yeah, they could have just like made up a whole new character like they did with Robert Vaughn in Superman 3 and it would have been totally fine. Yeah, I mean, he was very generic and yeah, I mean, like Maxwell Lord didn't have that company. He doesn't have a little son that he was like, you know, ignoring. Um, That was weird too. Yeah, and he doesn't have this weird, like, dysfunctional background. He was, like, a, a rich guy who ends up getting in the wrong crowd. And, um, I mean, they couldn't do his proper origin in a movie. There's not enough time because he gets it in, invade. He gets his powers in Invasion, which I don't know if you ever read. Um, no. It was, but uh, it was, like, the one, like, really big thing that uh, Tom McFarlane drew for uh, for DC. Um and it's actually a really good, quick um, storyline, big event story. And he gets his, his powers at the end of it when this thing called the Gene Bomb goes off and that they have a bunch of random people get powers. And he was one of them. What year was Invasion? What was that? When? Oh, I thought it was 89, 90. Oh, wow. It was Wait. like right. Holy shit. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. Huh. 
It's it's a lot of fun. It's like written by Keith Giffen or plotted by him. And Tom McFarlane does the first two books, which are 80 pages long. And then Bart Sears does the, um, and Keith Giffen draw the second, or the, I'm sorry, the third book, which is also, they're all 80 pages. And it came about uh, two years into the Giffen DiMatteis Justice League, um, two years after, two or three years after Legends and after the Super, or probably about three years after the Superman reboot. Mm-hmm for man of steel so right after john Byrne left okay well there, there there are two things regarding wonder woman lore that i do want to touch on in this movie um one is the fact that she's exclusively using her lasso in this one there's no sword and shield at all yeah which i'm fine with it doesn't really fit in the times i mean who's she gonna she doesn't really have a bad guy to fight in it right except for the very end which is Um, (laughs) i'm fine with it too because i think like i mean when i think of wonder woman i do think of the golden lasso and it makes for some really cool visuals to me it's kind of like this like like a whip is a lightsaber kind of thing looks awesome to me so i'm down with that yeah every time she's in costume in the in the red and blue armor Mm -hmm. that she is on fire she's doing all sorts of stuff but as soon as you take that you know put her in like street clothes or in that that gold armor which i was totally on board with until I saw it, it was, you know, it's a shit show. Oh, God. And there's that clunky as hell thing where, like, Trevor walks in and just sees it, like, just propped up against the corner of, like, some, like, you know, computer room. Like, oh, hey, what's that? Like, you know, there's no buildup to it at all. It's just like, oh, that's this, like, ancient armor that, you know, I might have to use later on in the movie. Yeah. What was the, 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 the armor belonged to Asteria or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah the, the, I mean, everything is so lazy in this movie. I mean, Chris Pine looked like he took an Ambien halfway through and just, he just doesn't care. He's just phoning it in. He's taking a big old Wonder Woman 84 paycheck. See, that's interesting because I think that he's, to me, kind of like, he is the best part of the movie to me. And he wasn't used, like they could have done a great mirror reversal they kind of touched on it in, like you said, like a lazy way of um, the fish out of fish out of water story from the first movie, and it kind of like done a great, you know, mirror to that one where he's out of time, and like they just make they just use it for some cheap like you know wardrobe clothing gag, and it just comes and goes, and then he's in it, and like I think while he's in it, he's okay. He's got a good relationship with Patty Jenkins. I think they did some TV show together or something. Yeah, that he was a they, I forget what it was called, but they did a, a detective show that she directed. Yeah. Um, and, which was supposed to be pretty decent. It's supposed to be pretty good, but he he's he's fine to me. To me, I mean, he's got the best part of the, the whole the entire fucking movie to me, which was the second part that I was gonna say is like when she uses her out of out of the blue, I've been working on like this this invisibility trick and she turns I mean it's a smart I mean, I, I can tell that they really, really want to work in the invisible jet, which is a good nod, and I like that they, 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 they like went for it, but it just failed to me. But the best part of it was his line, well, shit, Diana, that's the best part of the whole movie to me. Yeah, I, I, I would disagree that he's the best part. I just think he's not really in it at all. He's not really invested in it. My favorite person in it, outside of Gal, was was Kristen Wiig and she was completely wasted and she also got a recycled storyline of the nerdy girl who becomes the nerdy person who becomes the villain because we've seen it before in Amazing Spider-Man 2 and the Riddler or for Batman Forever and 
in Batman and Robin with uh, Poison Ivy. We've seen that before. Exactly. But she was she was really magnetic in it. She was a lot of fun, and and she she like disappears for huge chunks of the movie, and she's like Wonder Woman's chief villain. That's her arch nemesis. In the comics, they're best friends, and that's what makes the the change to Cheetah so heartbreaking. Is that she was like a they were like she like went on some adventures with her, and they did shit, and then she gets corrupted and becomes this becomes this cat person. And that's why, you know, it's really sad and stuff. And that would have added for a lot more emotion instead of them just having lunch and talking about boys. Yeah. Yeah. How, how does she get her powers in the comic book? I don't. Um, I, th- I think she's, she was an archaeologist, similar to what she is in the movie, but she actually goes out and like does shit um, instead of like, she's more Indiana Jones and she finds something that is, um, not a wish stone, but um, <laughs> more like, um, you know, an, an artifact or an idol or something, and it corrupts her and she become, begins to transform. And please, everyone out there, if I'm completely wrong or misremembering it, send me some hate mail or something, because I like mail and I like to, you know, I like to feel loved <laughs> or hated. We'll take attention any way we can get it. Exactly. Even if it's negative, just give it to us. Yeah. But uh, that's what makes it more tragic is that they were friends and now that she's, you know, a cheetah. And we don't even really get to see the cheetah in the movie. It's, it's so irritating. What, do you, like, what did you it, think of that final fight? It's Weird. boring. It's stupid. Boring as hell. Yeah. It's like they, it, I've, I have heard, um, I, I talked to a buddy of mine um, about this just the other day that uh, Patty Jenkins didn't want to have that final fight, just wanted to make it about Diana versus Max, um, which I don't have a problem with her talking him down and you know making him remember. I don't have a problem with that. And I appreciate that there's a fight between Barbara and Diana, but that fight just seems like, oh, we got uh, you know half a million dollars, let's throw some CGI up on the screen. It just doesn't look good. You never really get to see what Cheetah looks like. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it, it had she like, I, I don't, I, it's the, one of the things I don't get. They don't, those Wonder Woman movies aren't shy about showing what the character looks like, but that the whole Cheetah thing seems like they were experiencing them some like early 2000s superhero shame where you don't get to really get a good look at them. Where it's like, every, like the bad guy is always like in shadows and, and, you know, it's too expensive to actually make them look good. They use that on Smallville all the time. They had Doomsday on Smallville, but you never get to see them. That's, a good point that you bring up because I was thinking about that with this movie too is that it's weird to me that like it's not even like it's not even like 90s so bad it's got some kind of merit I can't think like I, I watched it a second time mostly because it was kind of like a, I was like looking over my shoulder like did I really just see that I need to see that again but I can't imagine like there, I just there's there's nothing to me that I'm like you know, moving on to, to like when we talk about like our like what's the hot shit, like what's the scene that you're gonna show, like if you're gonna like showcase or display, well there's this. I there's outside of like a shot that maybe lasts two or three seconds here and there, there's nothing to me. I liked the action scenes. Again, when she every time she's in the red and blue armor, I'm down with all those scenes. So basically her at the mall. Her in the car chase and her at the White House. Okay. 
and that's it. So that what's that like eight minutes of film? Yeah, maybe like all together. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's when it's like, it's like Patty Jenkins is like on, on point. She's making shit look hot. And those movies are so clean looking. And the, the, the Amazon tournament was pretty cool too. It, it was like, you know, what kind of going to happen regardless, mm-hmm. even if you're not familiar with Wonder Woman that much, you kind of got a feeling of what's going on. So it's a, uh, but yeah, anytime that uh, Wonder Woman was like in costume, totally down every other time i had a hard time paying attention i was like starting to like trying to like look at my phone or not take notes or just kind of just look at my wonder woman action figure how could you (laughs) well her like i mean lassoing lightning and doing that like i love that kind of shit like adam hughes draw that cover right now because like that i you know i want that i mean there there are moments and there that's why that trailer was so hot you know because there there were just like you could pause that trailer almost any moment and like to me it looks great but yeah, I mean, the, the her in the armor in the trailer looks great, mm-hmm. but I mean, where I, it's it's I mean, I know we're only like eight or nine movies into the DC extended universe or the movie universe, but it's a little early for them to be this careless with their continuity, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because why she she is out there, she is doing. She's at the mall. You can't tell me no one took a picture of her, even a Polaroid, mm-hmm. or got her on some some closed circuit TV. And how does she forget to fly in between 1984 and 2016? So I thought, why is this a problem? Yeah, I saw like a lot of that stuff, and I was thinking too, it's like that's something that they could easily like write themselves out of that corner with like part three, you know, and. Uh... Sure. You know, it's like uh, they, you know, so 1984. So like in this universe, Bruce and Clark are probably like, what, four years old, right? Probably like, you know, maybe a little bit older. Uh, Clark, yeah. Bruce is, you know, if he's playing by, you know, Affleck, he's probably like 10 or 12. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think he may not, he may not have parents. What's that? I think that they can, they can patch that up. They can, they can figure that out. Yeah, it's it's an there's a lot of stuff you could easily write away. You know, maybe her her lasso prevents her picture from being taken real easily or something, unless it's like an old timey World War One camera. So there is a lot of like stupid ways you could talk your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's very little in this movie that's really satisfying, and that's that the I mean, we waited so long for this, and it was hyped up, and it was. You know, the first one is so good. Yeah. yeah. And she's the best part of all the this is she's the only one who's appeared in more than three of these DC movies. This is her fourth appearance. And it I mean, I guess she's gotta have a bad one in there, but you know, you'll look at the Marvel people and most of them don't have bad appearances. You know, you could say maybe Thor too, but I agree yeah. that every time that she's in the Wonder Woman costume. I'm enjoying it. I'm into it. I like watching it. She's great. But even when, but man, when she's just like just normal dialogue scenes, she's kind of like, it's getting a little like soap opera performance to me. Just not that compelling. Yeah. I read similar reviews where she just doesn't seem very engaged in um, the non, you know, the non Wonder Woman stuff. Because honestly, I had no no vested interest in her relationship with Steve. 
because it was bad from the start. Yeah. And, you know, Max Lord was fun. Pedro Pascal does whatever he can with it, and he's fun. He's hammered up. He's not scared. Oh, yeah. He is taking, like, big old chunks out of that green screen. <laughs> and then Kristen Wiig is doing her best. And, and by when she, the time she actually gets, like, kind of more positive, I guess, with herself when she's a little bit corrupted but not super corrupted, she is a blast. Oh, the and, White House attack. When she shows up, she's great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think at that point she should have, like, it was some Monday morning quarterbacking here, but she should have done something along the lines of become finally become cheetah there, like gotten so enraged or something. So we'd get a good look at her. And then you can have the shitty one at the end where Diana has like some stakes. Yeah. It. Give her like an arc where, yeah, she, she like loses her shit so hard that she turns into like this animal or something and then maybe like loses self-control. And then Diana like chills her ass out at the end and she gets some like redemption or something. Yeah, I don't even remember what happened to Cheetah at the end. That's how like how poor this movie I think she was. just gets knocked out. Just... I'm pretty sure. Like, yeah, like, she... like, like Diana finally like knocks her out and she's just like, and then we don't see her again. Yeah, but I mean, what happens to Max? He goes back to his kid. Alistair! Alistair! And then what? That dude's going to jail for a very long time. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was thinking about it too. Like with Kristen Wiig and like a Pedro and all of them, the entire cast. It's kind of like going into this movie and you've got Patty Jenkins, who's got a lot of great will from not just Wonder Woman, but from her other work too. And they're excited to be in the sequel. So like they're kind of, you could tell that they're like, tr they're, they're trusting that they're in good hands and yeah. it just like didn't shake up. Yeah. I mean that there are some really high points in this movie, but it is only a couple and the rest of it is like, either super creepy or super boring yeah and that bums me out it's just i just wish it was better oh man i think that i texted you that night i was like i wish it <laughs> this movie had never been made <laughs> <laughs> yes you did you did we, we were texting i mean we both had that richard lester feel like you, you talked about earlier and you did text me that and i was like i can't disagree with you on yeah, that it, no um so it was only on HBO for like a month. I think it's gone now. Yeah. If it's not gone today, it's like the last day. Today. We're doing this on the 25th. So I think, yeah, I had 30, 31 days. Yeah. And Christina, who was a guest on our show um, for Constantine, she she was like, okay, it's, it's I'm going to do it. I'm going to watch Wonder Woman 84. And I was like, all right, well, tell me what you think. And about half an hour later, she's like, why can't this bitch shut up about Steve? <laughs> like, all, she's always just like, oh, Steve, Steve, I wish I had Steve. It was making her insane that she couldn't. It's been like how many decades? And she hasn't gotten. Se it's seven decades. Come on. Maybe six. Come on. Yeah, it, it's she's uh, she's 100 percent right. I mean, I mean, I, I know that was her love and all that. But by the time Justice League rolls around, she's flirting with Batman. So. Yeah. And everything's hunky dory. Oh my god! And did they even use? I don't even remember hearing like her her theme really from uh, the other movies, the Junkie XL. Guitar. It, it is it is there. It is a Hans Zimmer scored movie, and I like a big nerd downloading the soundtrack. It is there in a much more classical sense. There's no guitar, like you said. There's no Junkie XL like guitar riff to it. Okay. But it is it, it has it as part of the orchestral part. 
And um, it's really actually the music is pretty solid. It's Hans Zimmer and his band of monkeys creating, you know, 500 soundtracks a year. All right. Um, but uh, it's there. It's, it's not as prominent as it once was. And I, the sound, I have no problem with the soundtrack. Hans Zimmer usually puts out a good score. And he didn't, I mean, if you, if you look at the, uh, the car chase or the, or the, the mall, they are pretty spectacular action pieces for, uh, for movie fighting. Mm. Okay. Well, how do you feel about like, a, I mean, I mean, the casting overall, like who would be your, I feel like Kristen Wiig's good. That's a nice pull. It's very, I, I like how like um, not predictable that is. That's a good call for Cheetah. There could be like so many other people that you would maybe just be like, oh, I think she was actually even in the running, like Emma Stone or something like that. But Kristen Wiig is a nice choice. Um, she's very unexpected and can do, she did the, like the scary parts really well. I mean, of course she can play the funny nerdy part. Yeah. But I mean, I, I really originally when I heard it was going to be Cheetah, I, I expected someone, I, I someone more um, contemporarily beautiful, yeah, like like you know, know. Nicole Kidman, yeah. even though she was already in Aquaman, but someone someone who's like more stunning, and then you know she gets to you know she starts off nerdy and then gets to the stunning point but Kristen Wiig looked great so yeah. and acted her her butt off so I, I I have no complaints with her other than that she was underused and not well served with what she had to do in the movie because the cheetah should have been more of a focus I mean I get Max's it, it was it you know it's was supposed to be kind of political at the time I guess but it, I didn't even, that really didn't even it didn't really register to me that much yeah because that's just not the character they, they took a perfectly good character and made him unrecognizable who would you and wait as maxwell um in the comics he's loosely based on sam neill oh that's good so if you go back and you look at some of those uh late 80s early 90s um justice leagues by giffen dimites and mcguire and adam hughes and all that um he looks a lot like Sam Neill. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but he he's got that vibe to him. I could see that. That would be great. Like I mean, you know, yeah. like 15, 20 years ago. But yeah, I mean, you could have gotten someone you need someone with some smarminess, someone good looking, but not too good looking. Pedro Pascal might be a little too good looking, even though they kind of uglied him out a little bit with that bad hair and the bad suit. Yeah. But someone who is more charming, kind of like a low rent James Bond. You know, that, you know, if you were to put like, that's right. so incredible that you said that because I was watching some um, YouTube reviews um, today, and I had I had no idea that like back right before when Pierce Brosnan wasn't able to get the Bond role in the eighties because of Remington St- Steel, and Timothy Dalton ended up getting it. Like one of the guys who was in the running, and there's a screen test was Sam Neill, and I thought that that would have been really interesting. Yeah, but he's a little small. That's my, you know, I love Sam Neill. He is awesome, but he's a little small. He's just not a big guy. Yeah, I don't think he could do the, like, the the action stuff as well. But, you know, I never thought, like, you know, Bob Unker could do a John Wick type movie either. Well, you haven't seen it yet. Don't build yourself up because we've already made that mistake. (sighs) (laughs) You're right. You're right. Um, Yeah. 
I, I don't want to build myself. I didn't think Robert Downey Jr. could do be an action star either, but you know, 10 Iron Man's later, yeah. here we are. Um, there's going to be a Wonder Woman 3. Yes, and it's going to take place in the present day and have something. And there's going to be an Amazon spinoff, which I really don't care. You know, I mean, is that going to be an HBO Max series or something? I, I think it's going to be, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to be on HBO anymore just because they've completely changed how they're going to do stuff. Cause they're, they're going to, they're doing that Gotham PD TV show based on the uh, Pattinson Batman and they're doing Green Lantern. So maybe, I mean, I, again, I really don't want to see, I mean, there's, there's ways to do it. There's plenty of Amazons that are cool. You could do Artemis. You could do, um, you know, Hippolytus still alive. You could do a lot of Amazons. They have just introduced a, a couple of new ones. I always had the hospital in the comic, especially when she took over Wonder Woman for a little while. The artist, yeah. yeah. She, I mean, she was a great. I mean, in the '90s, everybody was like being switched out for someone younger and um, more edgy or edgier. It just, and she was really cool. That 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 arc was actually really fun until. Wonder Woman came back as like Diana came back as kind of that dominatrix type look, but it was the nineties. Everybody had like you know half shirts and thigh highs. And stuff Everybody like was getting the costumes revamped and quote unquote updated or whatever. Yeah, I mean they did it for Superman, they did it for Batman, they did it for Wonder Woman, they did it for Green Lantern, they did it for DC. Like swapped out everybody. Marvel swapped out everybody. I mean it was just that was the nineties for you. So in three. What do you want to see? Do you, who who's the villain that you envision for part three? Uh, well, I mean the the next big Wonder Woman villain to me is probably Doctor Psycho. Okay, and that would be like you know he's a, a you know he's a, a dwarf with an enlarged head, but you already had the mind control thing with Max, so that could have been Doctor Psycho right there, and you know doing it two in a row. I would really like to see a movie where she fights someone who's as tough as her. So maybe an evil Amazon or something, maybe Artemis, you know, you could have like some up and coming um, actress come and play Artemis. Mm. Um, or they have, a, um, like I said, they just introduced a couple more um, in the Wonder Woman books um, that are going to be apparently big names in the next couple of years. So it's, it's not hard. I, I just want to see someone, I want to see some, some fighting. Yeah. I want to see my, you know, I like my superhero movies with a little less talking, a little more action. Correct me. You know, a little more superheroing. But like, I have, I have a memory. I could be thinking just like Nightfall stuff, but when Artemis took over as Wonder Woman in that arc back then, when Wonder Woman came back, didn't they, did they have to fight? She yeah. had to like take it back from Artemis because Artemis was like, her methods were like unsound, like jump all valley uh, in a, or something. Yeah, she was, she was straight up. I don't know if she was killing people, but she, she won the contest again. She was like, if I remember correctly, and then again, I could be totally, completely misremembering mis because it was like almost 25, 30 years yeah. ago. Um, Artemis um, wins the contest again. She showed, or wins the, the tournament that proves that she should be Wonder Woman and Diana has to like step down. So it's all in Amazon lore. It's all fair. And she goes out there and starts kicking the shit out of everybody. And then Diana has to come back and reclaim her title right it's a good formula they used it a lot back then yeah i mean they did it for superman they did it for batman they did it for Wonder Woman. i mean 
Superman, we got four different guys that like came like came in and like screwed everything up. Yeah, but that that's actually memorable. You know, I nobody remembers the uh, the Wonder Woman the, stuff. I mean, Superman, the Artemis Wonder Woman throwdown. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, it was they had Mike Diodato. Um, he was like a big star now in the comic world, drawing it, but it was '90s Diodato, and, and wasn't as good. I mean, it was very very. Jim Lee. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, is, I, I was gonna say I do seem to remember having like a like a little bit of like a like an image kind of quality to it. Yeah, he's he's like really he's got he's hot now. I mean, he does like photorealism stuff, and um, it's pretty spectacular, even if it's not your thing. But back then, I mean, he was still hot shit. It was just you know looking like everybody else's hot shit. Right. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, nerd nerd i gotta ask you what is your cbh grading on this thing Ooh, i will go i'm gonna go with a maybe a fine minus good plus wow that's way more generous than i would have thought huh i mean again this movie looks fantastic except for the end which looks stupid and it does have some good stuff in it. I, 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 you know me, I'm way more forgiving than you are on this stuff. I am, I, I will want to give everything a chance, especially if it's comic book based. But man, there are some bad parts. I, oh, let's go with, with, with good plus maybe. A, a, yeah, I'm gonna go with good, good plus. Okay. Just because of the goodwill that they get. What do you give it? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give it a fair good. And I'm only giving it that. Because of, like we said, the eight minutes of solid, hot imagery. And Godot is still a perfect Wonder Woman. And I like Pine and their chemistry a lot. And that adds up for out of like a, what, two and a half hour plus movie, maybe 10 minutes of goodness to me. That, that... Yeah, but that 10 minutes is really good. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. It, it, it's not really good. I mean, that, that 10 minutes for me is like spotless comic book action, but it's surrounded by so much nonsense and navel gazing. I, I just don't care. I just, I just well, don't. No, it, that's, it is... that's one of my favorite jokes that I've ever said to you. And I said this to you years ago. Um, I think after I, after I watched Batman versus Superman for the first time was, uh, well, you know what DC stands for? What's don't that? care. <laughs> Oh, we need to watch some more DC stuff, but I don't think I want to watch one for our next Which movie. is bringing us to the Two-Face coin toss, and I've got it in my hands right here. Oh, I'm going to flip it. You're going to call it. Well, it's in right. the air. You can hear the ding. I'm going now. Heads. Oh, today's your lucky day, my friend. What, I don't have to No, pick? you have to pick. <laughs> oh, I'm going to... I, I have some thoughts. Of what I'm going to do, it's going to be something different. I think it might be. I'm leaning towards a movie, one of the first movies that you and me saw together. Okay. I, I yeah, I'm excited. I have no idea what Rocky Three. <laughs> That's not a no. It, it was like one of our, not something we watched at the comic book store. Something that we actually went out to watch. It was like our first mandate. Okay, I'm done with that. 
but it is a comic book. Uh, everyone, if you've been listening to the show, that means you've probably suffered through the movie that we've been talking about tonight. So we feel your pain. And this has uh, been very difficult to get through because, like we said, we were both so excited for this movie. And it's just uh, it's one of those things, man. It's too bad. Yeah, and if you agree or disagree with us, you know, we have a Facebook page, World Famous Comic Book Heroes Podcast, and we have uh, Instagram, which is Comic Book Heroes Podcast, and we have Twitter, which I'm assuming is Comic Book Heroes yeah, Podcast. DB Heroes Podcast. Twitter. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> we'll do a good one so- next time. I swear. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. I'm looking forward to hearing what you come up with for our next show, Rob. I, 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 like I said, I have some ideas um, and it'll be fun making the, the Cthulhu icon if I follow through with it. Sounds good. Everyone, take care. We'll see you next show. Well, shit, Diana.